Thanks to Alma and Jim McCormack for the flowers in church this morning. The funeral of Mrs. Elizabeth McKendry, Rona Melrose's mother, will take place on Friday the 13th of March in Dildowry Crematorium at 1pm. Rona and the family would like to invite everyone to join them in the church, in the church hall, following for refreshments following the funeral service. Please keep Rona and all the family in your thoughts and prayers. Mary Kinneborough remains in Western Moffat Hospital. Please keep Mary, Willie and the family in your thoughts and prayers. The John Pierce concert will take place on Sunday, the 19th of April at 7pm. Please see in the church, uh, please see Joe Mooney for tickets. There'll be a short session meeting following this morning's service. And finally, a warm welcome to Lynette Jardin, who will lead us in our worship this morning. Lynette is our leader and Rokum of Hamilton South and Quarter, and a member of Anishinaan Old Parish Church. Good to have you with us, Lynette, and these are all the information. Mr. Lloyd will struggle up. <laughs> Good morning. I'm the Chief Medical Officer for Trainhead Church. Uh, it's just, we've, we've received a, a letter, as all churches have, from the Church of Scotland, uh, 121 George Street, just asking us to remind everyone that, that uh, the coronavirus thing is well known to all of you. It's in every newspaper and every TV program. Uh, just to remember the good practice that's in place, washing your hands, 20 minutes, hot water, all these sorts of things. Um, <coughs> and we have... 20 seconds. <laughs> 20 seconds, 20 seconds. We have uh, a letter that outlines everything that the church should be doing. Rather than read it all out, uh, I'll put it on the notice board in the, in the small hall. But as I say, I think we all know the, the, the measures that we're meant to take. So please adhere to those measures. Thank you.
Good morning. It's lovely to be here with you this morning as Etilo is conducting communion at South and Quarter where I would normally be, but it's lovely to be here with you all this morning. Our call to worship comes from Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forever. Let us worship God in Mission Praise 18 all over the world. The Spirit is moving. Let us come before God in prayer. Let us pray. Holy Spirit of God, invisible like the wind, we do not see you moving among us, but the effect we see come to our hearts that we may be renewed and reborn. Open our minds that we may perceive your kingdom. Lift up our eyes to where the cross of Christ stands for our healing, so may we believe. And in believing, not die, but have eternal life. 
through him who in your love for us you sent into the world, Jesus Christ our Lord. God, you love this world so much that you sent your own son, Jesus Christ, to live and die among us in order that we might have life. Forgive us for keeping that abundant life to ourselves, for jealously hoarding your generous gifts, for choosing self-interest over compassion and justice. Teach us what it means to live as children of the light, generously sharing your abundance with our brothers and sisters in need. Lead us deeper into Lent, O God, that we might better see the places of our lives you wish to change. And we ask this in Jesus' name, who taught us when we pray to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Our first reading this morning comes from the book of Genesis in chapter 12, reading verses 1 to 4. Hear the word of God. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Our New Testament reading comes from the Gospel according to John. In chapter 3, reading verses one to 17. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, 
but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of, early, of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us sing together in Mission Praise 544, Open My Eyes That I May See.
let us pray. Still our hearts and minds as we come before you, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. Nicodemus came by night. Why by night? Why in darkness? In her book, Learning to Walk in the Dark, Barbara Brown Taylor describes numerous biblical images in which darkness, night's most obvious quality, is bad news. Taylor notes that in the New Testament, darkness stands for ignorance. And in the case of John's gospel, darkness stands for spiritual blindness. Nicodemus the Pharisee came by night, came secretly to speak with Jesus. Those dismissive of Jesus through their representative Nicodemus came in darkness, in spiritual blindness. And their spiritual blindness kept them from seeing the man Jesus was the Christ and was of God, was divine, was therefore the Son of God. Nicodemus was a member of the strictest sect of the Jews, the Pharisees. There were never more than 6,000 at a time. And he had pledged in front of witnesses that he would spend his life observing every de detail of the scribal law, which are the first five books of our Old Testament. Nicodemus was also a very wealthy man. We learn that after Jesus died, he brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes weighing about 100 pounds. And only a wealthy man could have brought that. Nicodemus was a religious man, an upright man, a leader, a teacher, respected in society. Yet, Nicodemus knew within himself that something was missing in his life. Nicodemus had obviously heard of Jesus and what he was saying. He may even have heard Jesus. But because of his position, fearing what people might think of him seeking advice from Jesus, Nicodemus made his approach to our Lord secretly and at night. However, William Barclay suggests that the reason he came by night might have been because rabbis declared that the best time to study the law was at night, when they could have privacy and not be disturbed. But the wonder is, that with his background, he came to Jesus at all. We could ask ourselves why we come to church. We may have all sorts of reasons. It may be to give praise and thanks, or to ask for God's help in the troubles and crisis of our lives. It may be out of obedience to our parents, or just habit. It may be an opportunity to catch up with friends. It may be out of curiosity or to assure ourselves that there can't really be anything so different about Christianity. Or it may be to seek after God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever reason brings us here, as with Nicodemus, God is already working in our lives. 
Nicodemus did not come asking what he must do to receive eternal life, like another man in the Bible. Because as a good Pharisee, he probably thought he was guaranteed a place in heaven anyway. However, having seen or heard about Jesus, what he was doing and the impact he was having on the people, Nicodemus's conscience was troubled. What if I am missing something here? Rabbi, he said, addressing Jesus with the respect due to a teacher and to a holy man. We know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Nicodemus was missing something. Along with many people, he presumed about his own ability to qualify for heaven. If we believe that we can get to heaven by our own good works, we will surely fail. Jesus says, we must be born again. In the conversions related in John's gospel, we see a pattern. First of all, a person asks Jesus a question. Jesus answers in a saying that's hard to understand. The saying is misunderstood by the inquirer. Then Jesus answers with a saying that is even more difficult to understand. But then finally, there is a discourse and an explanation. Markley suggests that John uses this method so that we see people thinking out for themselves so that we may do the same. When we read our Bibles, we should ask questions, reread the passage and think it through. What is it saying to us? What do we need to do in response to this passage? In today's reading, at first, it seems as if Nicodemus is taking a very literal meaning of being born again. He knows it is not possible for a grown man to enter his mother's womb and be born again. I am telling you the truth, replied Jesus, that no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. A person is born physically of human parents, but is born spiritually of the spirit. Don't be surprised because I tell you that you must all be born again. The wind blows wherever it wishes. You hear the sound it makes, but you do not know where it comes from or where it is going. It is like that with everyone who is born of the spirit. We know we were born. We're here. We're living proof of that. And many of us, having been brought up in the traditions of the Presbyterian Church, will have been baptized with water as an infant. But what about being born again in the Spirit? Some people experience their entry into the Christian faith as a huge, joyous event with a dramatic build-up, a moment of decision followed by waves of joy, exhilaration, forgiveness, and love. They are then easily tempted And there are many movements of thought within Western culture which makes this temptation all the more powerful to think that this moment itself is the center of what it means to be a Christian, a 
as though God had wanted, all that God wanted was simply to give people a single wonderful spiritual experience to to be remembered ever afterwards with a warm glow. It would be like framing your birth certificate, framing it and showing it to everyone as they came to visit you. For many of us, it will not have been a dramatic conversion. It it was as a result of our upbringing and learning through Sunday school that we realized that we had to accept Christ into our lives and make a commitment as a Christian. This is the point when we may have decided to join the church, which is a confirmation of our infant baptism and taking responsibility for our own faith through the Spirit. Sadly, many have not made that commitment. They've gone through the motions, moved from Sunday school to Bible class, to communicants class and joined the church and gone to church on a Sunday, but have not had a personal relationship with God. Like Nicodemus, they have missed something. But what matters is that we are alive now and that our present day-to-day life is showing evidence of health, strength, and purpose. As with our new birth in the Spirit, it is more important to feed and nurture it than to spend time going over and over what happens at the moment of birth. The Judaism that Nicodemus and Judas both knew had a good deal to be good deal to being born into the right family. What mattered was being a child of Abraham. Other things mattered, but this was basic. But now Jesus is saying that God is starting a new family in which our physical birth isn't enough. We all need to be born from above. The word used in scripture can mean a second time and from above. For Nicodemus, the teaching about a new birth from God should not have been strange to him. The prophets often wrote about the new heart that must be created in an individual. Ezekiel wrote, Cast away from you all the transgressions that you have committed against me and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. And later he wrote that God says, A new heart I will give you and a new spirit I will put within you. Nicodemus was an expert in scripture and again and again the prophets had spoken of what Jesus was speaking But if people don't want to be changed, they will deliberately shut their eyes and their minds and their hearts to the power that can change them. What is the matter with so many of us is that when Jesus Christ comes with his offer to change and recreate us, we more or less say, no thank you, I'm quite satisfied with myself as I am. I don't want to be changed. We find it hard to change. We're comfortable with our lives. But if we are born again in the Spirit, we have to allow him to work in our lives. There is a story of a workman who was an alcoholic who was converted to Christianity. His workmates did their best to make a fool of him. Surely you don't believe in miracles, they asked. You don't believe that Jesus turned water into wine, do you? I 
don't know, the man answered, whether he turned water into wine in Palestine. But I do know that in my own house, he turned beer into furniture. There are many things which we use every day without knowing how they work. Few of us know how electricity, DAB radios, satellite television, and the internet work, but we don't deny that they exist. Many of us drive cars with only the slightest notion of how they work. Our lack of understanding of these things does not stop us from using them and enjoying the benefits which they confer. We may not know or understand how the Spirit works, but the effect of the Spirit on lives of men and women are there for all to see. The unarguable evidence for Christianity is the Christian life. No one can disregard a faith which is able to turn a life around. Jesus said to Nicodemus, I am telling you the truth. We speak of what we know and report what we have seen, yet none of you is willing to accept our message. You do not believe me when I tell you about the things of this world. How will you ever believe me then when I tell you about the things of heaven? There is a warning here for every one of us. It is easy to sit in discussion groups to study and read books. It's easy to discuss the intellectual truth of Christianity, but the essential thing is to experience the power of Christianity. I had a neighbor who wore a t-shirt that had a slogan on it that said something like this, God has begun a new creation in me, followed by the words, a work in progress. Being a Christian is active. Just as we are born as a baby and have to grow and learn and experience life, so too do we have to grow in, learn and experience the Christian life. Just as in life we will never learn or achieve everything, so too in our Christian living we will never know it all. Our challenge then is to allow the Spirit to work in our lives, change it and mold it in the way God wants. Are you willing to give your all to God through the Spirit? I'd like to finish with a short reflection. For God did not send his Son into the world to be its judge, but to be its Savior. Yes, really, the world and all of it not just the chosen few, the world, and all of it. And yes, that means them, and them, and them. No, it can't be, can it? Yes, it can be, and it is. Really? Them? Really? For them too? This is amazing. Yes, it is truly amazing. But don't just stand there. Don't be silent. This is the good news. Nicodemus came to hear this truth. He came, heard, and went. He had questions too. And that's okay. It's all okay. For God did not send his son into the world to be its judge, but to be its savior.
the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the one true God, now and evermore. Amen. Now continue our worship in our offering, and our offering hymn is Mission Praise 170. Give thanks with a grateful heart. As we come in prayer, there will be a response to the intercessions, to the line, God, in your abundant mercy and generous grace, the response is, hear our prayer. So let us pray. Lord God, you hold out the promise of new life, a fresh start, no matter who we are, what we have done or failed to do. What can we possibly bring in return for that degree of trust? that depth of love. The good news is that you demand nothing, not even our response before you love us. And so not because we must, but because we may, we bring whatever it is we have to give, our time, our talents, our money, knowing that they and we are always welcome. And our intercessions. Holy God, you have called us to follow you and to care for our sisters and brothers, the family of humanity around the world, to love not only in words but in action. We offer our prayers of concern for our community and the world. We pray for communities who are facing the devastating consequences of climate chaos, food shortages, loss of loved ones, death of livestock and having to leave their homes. We pray for more to be done to help those affected and that the leaders of the world will unite to find ways to change for the better stewardship of your world. God, 
in your abundant mercy and generous grace, hear our prayer. Make us wake up and respond to this climate emergency facing your glorious creation in whatever ways we can. We pray that the prophetic voices of our young people will be heard and heeded and necessary decisions made. God, in your abundant mercy and generous grace, hear our prayer. We pray for all who are oppressed and denied opportunities because of their colour, faith, gender or other form of discrimination. Help us to realise the joy and recognise the potential of human flourishing when we celebrate each other. God, in your abundant mercy and generous grace, hear our prayer. In this time of turbulence and change, we pray for wisdom for the leaders of our nations. May your will be at work through their actions and decisions, ensuring hearts and minds are conscious of the impact on those on the margins. And may we be a people of reconciliation, working through differences and healing divisions. God, in your abundant mercy and generous grace, hear our prayer. We bring our prayers for the world as we face a possible pandemic of the coronavirus. Help us to heed sensible advice and play our part. Be with those who are in quarantine, wherever they might be, and those who have the virus. Bless our National Health Service and all who work within it. As we, as we pray that vaccinations and medications might be found soon to deal with the virus. God, in your abundant mercy and generous grace, hear our prayer. We bring our prayers for comfort and hope to all who are suffering emotionally, physically, or mentally. We ask your blessing on all who nurse, support, and counsel them. And may they know the peace you give. God, in your abundant mercy and generous grace, hear our prayer. God, who so loved the world that you gave your only Son, lead us on our Lenten journey into a deeper revelation of that love, a love that transforms us into generous people full of grace, courageous people who fulfill your call, faithful people who follow you. God, in your abundant mercy and generous grace, hear our prayer. Amen. Our final hymn this morning is Mission Praise 708, To God Be the Glory.
let us go in peace and may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be upon us, those we love and those we struggle to love, now and evermore. Thank you.